0: Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Escape the J curve. I can't believe how fast we are publishing and how many interesting guests we have been able to bring to our show. Today is another very special episode because we interview somebody called Jishnu Das Gupta. I know Jishnu for about 4 to 5 years now and I've always been impressed with the speed with which he learns a new skill and he becomes excellent at a particular thing very quickly and he has done a lot of things he's a multifaceted person he trained to be an architect he has been a musician especially a jazz guitarist since the age of 13 and he's also dabbled with internet marketing and aco consulting And today, we find out how he's able to master these skills so fast. We do a deep dive into his mindsets and his work ethic that has helped him immensely in getting those skills down really fast. Listen, it's a long interview with him about almost one and a half hours, but I am going to be publishing these interviews in three parts so that it's consistent And it's easy to consume. In this particular episode, we are going to talk about the path to mastery and burning bridges. So stay tuned. Enjoy this episode. There's plenty to learn from. Your live, welcome to yeah. Escape, Jacob.
1: All right, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is really great. I think we've known each other on and off for a couple of years, and there are a lot of talented people in our field of acquaintances. So this was probably a natural yes. next step to just start exposing uh, all the things that we talk about, you know, between ourselves. Uh, it's a really great idea. I really love this.
0: Yeah, actually, I have known you, I think, for four or five years, and I've always been in awe of how quickly you learn things and excel at certain things. So I believe there is a lot of value to be had for people who are listening in. They can learn a lot from you. So uh, let me give you a a quick context. So I know Jishnu for about, I think four or five years now, and we have uh, been through a few things. And as I told you that uh, I've always been very impressed and in awe of uh, whatever he does. And as far as I know, he has had uh, different careers. He started off, I think he was trained as an architect. Uh, Then he completely changed his career and became a musician. And he also is an internet marketeer and an ACO consultant. So does that sum you up, uh, Jishnu?
1: Well, some of it, yes. There's also a few different things along the way. I mean, I think music is something that I started out with and the the main thing i would say that whatever i, I we're going to be talking about today it kind of for me mm-hmm. uh the reason the way this would actually be a useful talk for all the people listening is yeah. that i think there's a certain condition that let's say young indian professionals uh, are f- faced today you know mm-hmm. where by the most of most of us some of us are luckier than others most of us but when we get out of college let's say for example or when you're You know when you're 18 to 21 22 you don't really have an idea of what you want to do maybe even if you're good at something for example in my case i started playing music when i was 13. i did Mm -hmm. my first professional gig when i was 17 16 actually Mm -hmm. 16 17 16. wow and yeah so i was already pretty good at it however this was i'm talking about 2007 2008 Mm -hmm. so we're talking pre-social media and all these things so there was really no avenues in which, you know, the, like, and, and the other thing of, of, about kind of growing up here, which I'm sure you'll relate to, is the constant misinformation that you will keep getting um, mm-hmm. socially, you know, the social feedback you keep getting. And that kind of tends to push you in a certain direction where you're like, okay, you know, uh, go to college, get a job, uh, be stable, die. You know, that's pretty, pretty yeah. much uh, <laughs> that kind of the, sums it up. And that's basically the social script that especially I'm talking about an Indian context. I can't really talk about any other. uh, Mm -hmm. And I see that being, yeah, I mean, people talk about how things are different now. But I think there's an underlying current of that, which is still very, very strong. And Mm -hmm. what it basically does is it takes somebody who has a lot of drive, who has, let's say, a lot of ambition, and puts them in a spot where the only thing that they feel throughout their 20s you know as they let's say they you know they performed to the best of their abilities and the only thing they can feel is this weird sense of uh, i don't know if i should be doing this that's like the dominant emotion of your okay. you know mid-20s i don't know yes. if you can relate to that i'm sure you can yes I um can. and for me a lot of what i did was basically i was extremely impulsive so whenever i felt that i tried uh-huh. to do something about it you know okay. for so for example uh so I was a musician. Now then I went to architecture oh, college.
0: Uh, before before we move forward let's unpack this a little bit. So you said you started music at the age of 13.
1: Yes, right? yes. So
0: uh were you that self aware at the age of 13 uh, about how society pushes us into careers which are safe and that's why you wanted to rebel against it or you uh, No, you wanted to else? rebel
1: because that's what you do when you're a teenager in most cases. <laughs> um and for me, I think that never stopped, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I talked to my dad about this and basically, yeah, recently. And, you know, for some people, they kind of stop and they mature. And I was like, yeah, that's, I don't think that's going to happen for me. And for me, I think I started music because, again, it was that feeling of like not feeling very unmoored. And, and once I started doing music and I realized that this was something I wasn't interested in, I don't think I was particularly talented. Okay. Uh however what I did find in music even in my teens and I did realize this then I didn't know how to articulate it was that I found like a, a channel which was mm-hmm. let's say it was outside of you know when I was practicing music I didn't have to think about oh okay you know um is how is this going to reflect how is this going to you know turn out in terms of what I want to do for college and or, or what I want to do as a job because right. it's almost like a very meditative space that's what I've always used music as So I still practice every day, Uh, like people ask me how I'm able to practice every day, but the reason I'm able to do it is because it's a meditative thing for me. For me, it's like sitting down and meditating, literally. So what it does, I think um, the reason that I I wanna uh, kind of uh, unpack this as you said, is Mm -hmm. because finding that mastery project, what is a mastery project? A mastery project is something that you do where there is actually no end. Yeah. And that's very important because most things that you'll do in life, right? most things that you're going to do, there's going to be a kind of, okay, a deadline or, or there are these specific events that you're gunning for. As a musician, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can be gunning for like these external events like, oh, I did this show and whatever. But in terms of your craft, working mm-hmm. on your craft, there's no end point because, you know, there's really no end point. Uh, because all you can keep working on it. And what it does is actually changes your the way your brain works. It makes you really focus on on process. It makes you very, very process oriented, not the outcome. Yeah, not the outcome. And that doesn't mean the outcome is uh, not important. But you need to I think everybody needs to have at least one thing that they do one thing that they do, which is extremely process oriented, you know, and that's what builds the focus. That's what builds your tenacity. That's what builds the ability to learn. And uh, I think when people don't have that, it's very, very, uh, it's like an anchor. Having something mm-hmm. like that is an anchor because, for example, no matter what I'm doing in my life, like, for example, I'll tell you the kind of uh, work that I've done, okay? I worked as yeah. an architect in a corporate firm. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked as an architect in even these small boutique architect firms because that's right after I graduated. I worked in a construction job as a construction supervisor. I have wow. worked as a, uh, I worked as in, in audio electronics design in fact mm-hmm. my first uh, attempt at that was my first uh, attempt at, at at entrepreneurship where i wanted to get out of architecture and into music and i realized hey i want to find a foothold in music so one thing that i was uh, good at was you know i was really good at like i'm a guitar player essentially so really good at repairing and tweaking my own my own equipment and I was like, okay, you know, this is just one step from here to actually making my own. And I started making my own and, and I sold a few and I actually got a consultancy with a company that wanted to produce them. This was when I was 22. And uh, as, an, as an audio electronics, uh, basically designer with having like zero background in it. And I've done that for, for a while. Uh, but in doing all of that, I don't think there are very few days where I've missed practice, you know? There are very brilliant. few days where I missed it, and 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 for me that is actually what I I, I focus on a lot. I focus on mm-hmm. basic things like, okay, am I am I doing this particular thing? Am I focused on on executing that process properly? And what I've noticed is that the things around it tend to fall into place the more that you're able to focus on it.
0: Absolutely. So you went into very uh, deep and interesting topic here, which I wanted to add my two cents on. So mm-hmm. the thing that you're talking about is life mastery. And uh, we see this in a lot of cases around the world where people are suffering from a lack of meaning in their lives. And that's because they're following the societal script on what to do. And uh, after a point, it doesn't nourish their souls. But uh, whenever you read someone who is very successful or you, you know hear them speak, they have a goal which is bigger than themselves they would take their entire lives to achieve that goal and they keep at at it every day they keep working on that goal for example Elon Musk wants to make humanity an interplanetary species and probably Mm -hmm. he knows that it cannot be done within his uh, lifetime but he keeps at it anyway so it gives him a purpose or meaning to his life and it doesn't end when he's 35 or 40 or 45 so When you check society's boxes, like get a job, get a house, get married, get kids, you're probably done at the age of 45, let's say. Then there is a sort of meaninglessness to life that creeps in if you don't have something that you're creating or working towards. So I think that's a very deep and important topic that you picked up. Uh, So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I'd like to develop that a little bit. I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because yeah. especially, let's say, growing up in contemporary India, mm-hmm. um, what you must have noticed as well is that at the surface level, I mean, there are a lot of surface level changes, yeah. right? You know, in terms of, oh, it looks like, oh, wow, like there's all these things, all these avenues open to us. But if you kind of dig under the surface, everybody's still kind of uh, battling the same issues. You know, yep. everybody's battling the same uh, ennui and the same kind of uh, lack of purpose, and, and that same feeling of just uh, being unmoored and not knowing yep. exactly what to do. And that, I mean, with, with that, I'll actually kind of uh, segue into kind of talking a little bit about my own uh, experiments with not knowing on what to do. Yes, please. And I think uh, there are a few uh, things which might be very instructive where the first thing I realized as a musician now there are uh, un- it was unfortunate for me that the kind of music I got really interested in is also uh, um, it was jazz and and mm-hmm. and jazz is literally I mean it is so uh unprofitable <laughs> that, <laughs> it, it is literally it, I mean, there are quotes around it like people quote like there's, there's no money in jazz that's literally like a mainstream quote and mm-hmm. So, clearly, profit motive was not exactly my, my reason for getting into this. So, uh, one thing I started realizing in my teens yeah. was that, um, you know, so I did all the usual things that the musicians do, you know, I had bands and all these things. And then I started in my late teens and early 20s, I, just before graduating, I was still in college then, and, and I was pretty good in college, but uh, I was not... Uh, I couldn't see myself doing this for the next 60 years. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one thing I started realizing is that I, I gotta, uh, I gotta figure something out. And I think most people have that realization, like when they're, you know, finishing off their college years and they have that realization. It's like, okay, this is, do I really want to do this? You know, like, is this what I really want to do? And I think what tends to happen is that we tend to anesthetize and kind of medicate that, 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 that problem away. Where yes. what we'll do is we'll look at everybody else and we'll be like, well, everybody else in the same boat. So, you know what? It's not we're a big deal. We're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, we're doing the right thing. And there's no lack of people telling you that you're doing the right thing, you know? Do, do like, you know
0: about the uh, Ash experiment, for example? Where, uh, so they draw uh, two lines of different lens on a board and Mm -hmm. people are saying um oh yes yes it's it's that experiment that tells you about social proof
1: right like when somebody else says that they're the same length exactly so it's just this whole like thing of like sheep being led to the slaughter kind of kind of situation and and what happens is the people who do well in systems like that are people who are just they're not necessarily well good performers they're just people who are compliant right and uh so you you end up growing up in a system where you're rewarded for being compliant yeah you know so what what does that do to you how does that like mess you up later in life when you actually have to make your own decisions about things so it's really really kind of dicey i don't necessarily have an answer for that but you know like how can we fix that i don't know but there are some very very deep problems in this now when i was about to graduate from college i realized hey you know i what i see around myself mostly uh I mean I, I was lucky I was lucky to be mentored by some really amazing musicians, right Love. and uh, yeah, so what, what I used to do funnily enough is when I was like again, as I said, I wasn't like the most talented musician or anything, so what I used to do is I used to go to all these uh, gigs in in Bangalore, all these shows where all these really good musicians were, and I would just basically try to hang around there and try to meet them, you know that was. My, and, and not meet them as a fan, but then just try to keep meeting them and keep meeting them and keep basically badgering them uh, because what I realized was that it wasn't a, it wasn't about the show I needed to see how these guys actually lived right mm-hmm. I needed to see how 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 they kind of how they again how they practice their craft because that's where the real problems are so as a result, I kind of um got in touch with and I was mentored not mentored officially but uh, when I say mentored, I basically said I, I, I used to hang around these people and badger them. And eventually, mm-hmm. uh, they, they kind of warm to you when they realize that, uh, okay, you know, this guy is uh, he's serious about it, right? He's, so I think people really, uh, that's an interesting thing to point out as well when people are looking for mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to find a good mentor, you don't have to be the best in terms of your skill set. You just have to be really dedicated. That's all. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I got some really good mentors. And what I realized was that the path that I was going in with this five years of architecture school and all that was not gonna lead to a career in music. Additionally, I realized that whatever plans I had for jazz were most likely to fail. Now that's a really, uh, not, not a nice realization to have when you're like 21, 22 years old, right? So uh, was that, okay, there's the high probability of what I'm thinking of doing, what I wanna do, probably is gonna fail. So I started looking at different footholds in the music industry at that point of time, you know, and I knew precious little. So I said, okay, you know, what are my skill sets? I know how to play guitar. Yep. I, I know how to, uh, you know, I know how to fix all my guitars and my amplifiers and stuff. Okay, let me start making uh, amplifiers uh and th- with that i would say that uh, that brings me to my next point which is you have to be suitably reckless till you have to have a certain amount of recklessness <laughs> and to do that because that's not a that's not a mentally sound decision to make you know it's like okay i don't have no i have no training in this let me do this for a living and uh, but funnily enough i started making these things and uh i started making like amplifier prototypes uh I basically learned analog audio electronics on the fly as I was making it, literally. And uh, it got picked up by a company in Bangalore who wanted to start their own, uh, who wanted to start production. Mm-hmm. So they they brought me on as a consultant. This was before I graduated, right? Okay. And it was exciting for me. That was my first business experience uh, where I got to hang out with people who were, uh, who were doing a startup, you know, How and, and old it's,
0: were you then about, uh, I was 21,
1: 22, 21, 22. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was my first business experience before that I I'd actually worked, I'd, I'd worked, I'd done internships at different architecture firms and this was completely different. And I think that was my first taste of, wow, this is what it feels like to be a decision maker. You know, yeah. instead of actually going to work and, and you, instead of the, the parameters of your life being this, uh, this nine to five, this clock that you punch in and punch out like a factory worker to actually mm-hmm. be more in, in, in a decision role, you know? And, uh, so I, I kind of worked with them for a little while. Of course that, that didn't really work out for many, many reasons. There were some uh, investing funding related reasons. And that's where I got the second lesson is that most of your projects will fail initially. And... Yeah so you know that from that consultancy thing i and then i was kind of left without a without a plan b i didn't have a plan b so i just um this was in 2013 and so i just started okay fine let me get a job so i got my first uh i got a job at a construction site i got a job as an architect uh, but then that became essentially a construction job you know and that i think um if you remember, or if the guys who are, or the people who are listening to this, uh, if once you graduate college and you have that first job that you do, that's when you really get a taste of what like dissatisfaction, you know, uh, like what metaphysical like dissatisfaction really means, you know, at an existential sense. That's I think. Yeah, I think that's the, fir- the first job experience, right? That's basically it teaches you how to be dissatisfied with life and um in many ways okay i was lucky in the sense that a construction job is very very uh, involved you know hands
0: on yeah yeah it's very
1: sure. hands on so that was pretty great however it was exhausting i was living in delhi at the time and yeah. this is the other problem that most uh, entre- like people who want to be entrepreneurs and want to start the business is is that there's not enough hours in the day you know especially when you're doing your day job and like you, you, you slog it out for 12 hours and you, you commute for another two and then you go home and you really have to, uh, now you have to sit and work on your business? Oh my God, right? Uh, that, and that's, then that's a huge problem. And for me, the problem was actually to keep my practice schedule going as I was working in this job. And um, what I did was because I'd been practicing so consistently, I kept practicing throughout this thing. So I'd work for like, I worked this construction thing and then I'd travel back home and then I'd basically stay up till four in the morning practicing. And mm-hmm. the reason I mentioned this is because the first few years, let's say, if you want to start your own business, if you want to start your own, again, these are fundamentals. If you want to uh, start your own project, you know, the first few years are going to be absolute and utter hell. In most cases, if you're lucky, maybe yeah. not, but it's good to assume that it will be hell. And uh, when, when you do something like that, when you have a day job and then you still uh, kind of force yourself to have the discipline to, let's say, do something like practice. Uh, if you just replace the word practice with work on your project, you understand mm-hmm. that it's, it's largely the, the, the thing is cultivating that discipline. You have to be able to endure those first few years, where let's say you're, you know, you're working a day job, and and you have to kind of uh, make sure that 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 you stick to the program, you know, that you go home and you and in and resist the temptation to kind of just unwind, resist right. the temptation to do those things, and and that is where I think uh, if we talk about failure models, I think uh, being cognizant of how people fail is a very very good indicator, and. Uh, that is one. That is probably the first step where people fail. People who have really good intentions for maybe yep. building a business have great ideas maybe. But then the problem is they're not able to get enough momentum because maybe they have this day job that they can't quit yet. And maybe they have this assumption that they have to quit their day job before they can start working on something. That's not true at all, you know. Sure, so uh, just a quick
0: question here. So there's a idea in self-help that uh, you have to burn all your bridges. So basically hmm. what it means is if you want to start your uh, business or your passion project, you have to hmm. let go of everything else that you're doing. So hmm. what you're saying is uh, that you are not a very uh, good. So you wouldn't suggest people leave their day jobs and focus uh, all in, in their businesses or their passion projects in the first. Well, finish. I've done
1: the burning bridges as well. But yeah. uh, I would say this, that burning the bridges sounds really, really uh, tempting. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a time in your life where you have to burn bridges, but before burning bridges, you have to first uh, like basically develop the fortitude because what's going to Mm -hmm. happen if you don't develop your discipline first is you're going to burn your, this is what I've seen. I've seen people do this, guys who have great business ideas. What they'll do is they're working for and let's say an IT company or something, and they have an amazing business idea that they want to start. Yeah. What they do is they 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 quit their ID job or they take a sabbatical for a, a few years or something, and then mm-hmm. the next few years they just basically they just you know they just was, weed and party. they're dicking around exactly, it, it, and. And the reason that happens is because before you burn your bridges, you have to make sure that you have like the the process orientation and you have the first bridge that you burn is with yourself. You have to burn the bridge where, you know, that bridge of like entitlement to comfort and things like that, you know, where you feel entitled to taking a break and all that. Those are the first bridges you burn before you do some external thing. I think that that's the first thing that you do. If you want to burn a bridge, the first bridge that you burn is burn that bridge of entitlement that you have to uh like to creature comforts you know to a certain uh, lifestyle uh, where recreation is allowed because uh, unfortunately because you've decided to do this project because you've decided to do this in my case because i've decided to make music like a part of my daily life yeah you have to the first thing you have to do is you have to like accept the consequences of that you know uh and, and, and kind of actually realistically, I, I think people don't talk about it enough. It's so fucking tempting to say, okay, burn your bridges and follow your dreams. Yeah. But most people, they burn their bridges and they, they don't, don't have, have the, the discipline the follow to follow their dreams. And then three yeah. years later, they're trying to build that bridge up uh, again, you know, and <laughs> that uh, back, to square one. back to square one. So I would say, yeah, burn your bridges, but you have to be very cognizant. Ask yourself, like, am I going to actually follow through? Like, what is my, like, what track record do I have uh, that I follow through on a project? You know, for me, I don't have to worry about a follow through because I followed through with, like, music practice for, uh, you know, almost 20 years now, you know, yeah. uh, with, and have barely made any money with it, <laughs> with music, you know? So uh, I've made some money, but not, not much money at all. And so I know that it's not financially motivated. I know that it's very internally motivated. Uh, I know that it's going to happen come Hello High Water you know, so you have to know that about yourself. And if you don't have that, you need to find some way to prove that to yourself, you know, so maybe a, a step, any kind of mastery project, maybe it can be fitness, maybe it can be, uh, you know, take one element of the business project that you want to work on while you still have your day job. And let's say your business involves some amount of coding, learn how mm-hmm. to be a really good coder, you know, like uh, in your uh, in your free time. So get really good at following a like a particular process before you decide to uh, kind of make that external decision of burning your boats or, 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 you know, going out on a limb and all this stuff that sounds so fantastic in a, in a, in a YouTube video.
0: Listen, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I really appreciate it. Now, if you think you have got any value out of this episode, please make sure to engage with the content. My podcast is available on all of the platforms like Spotify, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and it's also even available on YouTube. So if you got some value out of this content, please like, please subscribe, please leave a comment or please download and share it with someone who would get value out of this. That's all I ask. Thank you so much.